Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. For the Music Theory Workshop with me, your host. I almost call myself Steve Stein. <laughs> <laughs> you have more facial hair than I do. Yeah, a little. A little. Do this. <laughs> you should match up this with all of your stuff. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, so anyway, guys, I'm Dan Denley, founder of GuitarZoom.com. This is my uh, good friend, Steve Stein, who, know, who needs no introduction, chief guitarist in residence at GuitarZoom. Today, we are doing a music theory workshop for you, and this is a part two in a series that we're doing. It's a week-long thing. It's going to be super, super cool. Uh, right now, it's streaming, obviously, and thank you for being here, and if you have any questions, please put them in the comment box. Music theory fundamentals is really what we're talking about, the basics of all of what you need to know as a guitar player and music theory. If you want to uh, learn that, then keep watching and stay right here and tune in for all of the episodes. If you want to learn it even faster, you can go to guitarzoom.com and you can get yourself Music Theory Masterclass by Steve Stein, which takes all of this stuff to an unbelievable level, an in-depth level, and um, it's all step-by-step -step laid out for you there in that masterclass. Believe it or not, guys, in this seven-part series, we are really just going to scratch the surface on this. Uh, so if you want to get that resource, uh, the Masterclass is available. It's called Music Theory Masterclass. Very simple. <laughs> Music Theory Masterclass. Really good at simple titles. Music yeah. Theory Masterclass. Music, the last of it was Blues Licks. Blues Licks. Cleverly called Blues Licks oh. by Steve Stein. Also available at Guitars. My Glasses by Steve Stein. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out, guys. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So this is the workshop, which is the little mini, mini masterclass, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, cool. So today, what are we going to learn with? Oh, by the way, before we continue this, guys, don't worry if you're like, uh, I'm not sure, because part one is going to be on the old YouTubes. You can go over there and you can check that out and uh, it'll be there either on the Guitar Zoom channel. Uh, just go to YouTube and type in Guitar Zoom. It'll come up or go to YouTube and type in Steve Stein. And then click on Steve's channel. It'll be there or on the Guitar Zoom channel. I'm not sure exactly where this is going to show up. Uh, or if you're watching this off of Facebook or some other cool place uh, that you might be seeing us right now, we will put this available for you on YouTube. We'll create a playlist of all of these for you. Just walk right through it. So don't worry. Just stay tuned to YouTube. Stay tuned to Facebook. Um, again, and if you, want the, if you want to get the masterclass, that's, a, that's at GuitarZoom.com. Okay, cool. Go ahead, big guy. Okay, so uh, if you missed yesterday's um, <clears throat> lesson that we did, we were talking about the chromatic scale. And so, you know, if you get a chance, I would definitely go back and watch that. Um, but it's not like you are going to be completely lost today. What we're going to be doing is taking this, this is what we left off with yesterday. Um, we're going to take this chromatic scale and we're going to uh, slim it down and make it into what we refer to as a diatonic scale. Uh, commonly we refer to this as the major scale and we need to learn that that's kind of the basic fundamentals of understanding music theory when I started learning how to play as many of you 
you know, I learned pentatonic. I learned the pentatonic scale. And then when people would say a fourth or a fifth or a seventh, I never understood what they were talking about because my scale didn't have enough notes. Like I, I didn't understand the relationship between the pentatonic having five different notes and the diatonic having seven different notes. I, I didn't understand that. So um, so it's imperative that we we learn what this is. And again, I'm gonna make it really straightforward to for you and I'm gonna show you how to do it on your guitar. So it's not just you know, on, on the, the whiteboard here, but it's actually something that you can practice. So that's interesting because I actually had the opposite experience. Really? I played, yeah. I played piano from the time I was like five and then by, I picked up guitar at 13. And so I'm not good at math, but I had all, you know, almost a decade of, of that stuff. And then when I learned the pentatonic, I was like, pentatonic, there's only five notes. What's the deal here? Right. You know, and I learned the shapes and everything. And so for me, it was super easy to learn pentatonic because I'd already learned all the major and minor and the diatonic and the seven notes and the modes right. and all that stuff. And so then pentatonic. Well, then well. think about how different this is. If you're watching this, like obviously Dan grew up very different than I did in terms of his study and, and his approach to music. And like, you know, I didn't have piano lessons. I, um, you know, I learned how to play guitar by ear, you know, other than, you know, learning something here and there from a relative or a friend or something like that. I really had no friggin' idea what I was doing. I just mm -hmm. had a really good sense of being able to listen and, and I, you know, I could figure out, you know, Revelation Mother Earth by Ozzy or, you know, Aces High <laughs> by Iron Maiden. I, I could learn all these things by ear, but I had no, no idea at all of what mm -hmm. I was doing until I went to college. Um, so yeah. college was kind of a nightmare for me at first because I just, I, I, I didn't even know the notes on my staff. I didn't even know how to read notes and I went to yeah. college and so it was a, it was a trial by fire for sure. Uh, yeah, but, and that's interesting. Let me just speak to that real quick, Steve. Uh, and it's just because, um, you know, we talked about this last time. I just want to reiterate guys, don't worry if you're new to all this. That's okay. That's the whole point. Uh, we're learning, we're learning together here. Don't get freaked out. I would also caution you of if you don't get it. Um, if you're not a hundred percent clear on all of this, as we walk through it, even we're going to break it down as, 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 as best we can to explain this to you, but you need to have some context. So Steve and I've been, literally been doing this stuff for like 25 years. And so, uh, it's, it's very natural to us, but let me assure you, he and I have had a good laugh about this. When we first really started learning this, we were in our twenties. We were both music majors. We were both going to college and we were overwhelmed then, all right, in a school that's full-time teaching music around other musicians, around other professors, and we were overwhelmed then. So we're really trying to chunk it down that's applicable to guitar and um, how you can apply all this stuff. But I just want to really encourage you that if you're like, oh, I'm just starting to get overwhelmed, it's okay. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. Just get what you can. Stick yep. with us, watch the whole entire thing. You can go back and watch more. Um, and of course, you know, if you want to get the masterclass, that's available at guitarzoom.com if you want to really go deep in this stuff. So just want to make sure nobody gets overwhelmed. As we right. And, and also remember too, that when I'm approaching this, both in these lessons that we're doing and certainly in the guitar, uh, the music theory masterclass that Dan has mentioned from guitarzoom.com, I'm approaching this from a music teacher's standpoint or a guitar teacher's standpoint. So all of these things are things I have taught to students throughout the years. So again, I'm not giving you music theory from the perspective of my professor. I'm giving you music theory from the, from the perspective of 
I'm a guitar player showing you music theory. And oh, I think that really does make a so difference important. because it's not the same thing, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, he's right. The music theory masterclass gets, gets further out there, no doubt about it, but we're always applying it to the guitar. So yeah. just always remember that. So anyway. Really important. Yeah. So we've you guys got the best of the best here. If you're I'm sorry. What's that? I, I was just going to say you're there. There, you guys are getting the very best, most applicable theoretical music discussion directly to guitar. There's so much stuff that I learned. I'm sure you learned. See, there's like I don't need to know that. Yeah, <laughs> this right. is just stuff That's that right. you just need to know. And it, and it might be some of those things might be really important. In somebody else's world. They just. I mean. That's right. You know. It, it, but. But, you know, again, what we're trying to focus on are things that, that are very practical to you. Yeah. So if we think about yesterday, just summarizing, we learned that there are seven uh, prime notes or primary notes. We think about those as being the, the white keys on the piano, which are A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And then we learned that in between those notes, we are either getting a sharp or a flat or we're not. Okay, so again, it's a longer discussion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I would strongly recommend that you go back. But for today, what I want you to remember that if we, we're talking about those seven notes and we're talking in terms of sharps, remember that B and E do not get sharps. If I show you this example here, remember this picture right here shows you that there's no black key in between the E and F. And if I was to span this out further, you'd see that there's no black key between B and C as well. If I showed you like this, for instance. So there are a couple of spots on the piano. And again, it's okay if you don't play piano, I don't either, okay? But just understanding that there's a couple of spots that don't get sharps, okay? So we need to remember that as we move on to step two today of developing this major scale. So I'm gonna erase this. Good thing you're not paying money to see this. <laughs> we like watching you clean the whiteboard, Steve. We get a, and actually, we get I'm quite OCD, it. so even right now it's not clean enough, but I'm going to leave it because I don't want to go get mean. the spray and it, it'll be fine. I'm going to let it. Gonna Did you get that go. tattoo all at once on that arm? Uh, yeah. You got the whole entire thing at once? This whole thing up to yeah. here, and then I got this. It goes all the way around, so I got all the rest of that. It took three different times, but getting all this was one, yeah. Ouch. Um, <laughs> and that's music theory. No, I don't know. <laughs> Class is over. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so here's the <laughs> Tattoos deal. hurt. If we go back to the prime notes, if we go back to these, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Okay? When we start talking about, we, were, we learned that the chromatic scale is like the dictionary. It gives us all the words, but it doesn't give us sentences. It just gives us all the words. We have to learn how to organize those words into sentences that we can communicate with somebody. Well, the chromatic scale is the same way. The chromatic scale doesn't differentiate that one note is more important than another. It's just all the notes. So what we want to do now is we want to take those prime seven notes and we want to pull them back out of the chromatic scale. Okay. So we have A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Okay. Now don't worry about sharps and flats and all that kind of stuff. So with these seven notes, what we're going to do is we're going to start trying to figure out how to organize those into what we call the, again, the diatonic scale or the major scale. Okay. Now, in order to do that, please understand, as I write this out like this, it looks like A is the most important note because it's the first one I wrote on this board. Okay. And again, it's the first note in our alphabet. But the truth is, if I was trying to figure out all the notes and I wanted to be in the key of B, and again, we're going to get to key, I would write B, C, D, E, 
F, G, A, and then back to B. Uh, I'll put the A there. I'll rewrite this, but, and we would do the same thing. Okay, if I want to write the key of C, I would do the same thing. We can start on any note and develop what we're going to learn. Okay, and by the time we're done today, you're going to be able to figure out all kinds of keys. Okay, but to make things easy, we need to start by writing it down, starting with the note C. So I'm using all seven of those notes, but I'm writing down C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then the octave would be C again, mm -hmm. okay? And the reason I'm doing that is because this key, if you remember our piano, if you remember this, C, D, E, F, G, A, B are all prime notes. They're all white notes. So right now we don't have to worry about the, the C sharp or the D sharp and all those accidentals. We can, we can avoid all that right now. And again, you might not be understanding everything I'm saying, but you will in just a few minutes, okay? So whenever we're trying to figure out a major scale, the diatonic, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. I'm sure you've heard that before. That's what I'm doing. You can't have a C and a C sharp in the same scale. You're just going to have C or C sharp, but you can't have them both. If I have a D, you can't have D and D sharp and D flat, or you can't. You're either going to have one or you're going to have the other, okay? So there's always going to be a, a, a version of the prime note in every key. If you were figuring out the key of G, the key of G would have G, A, B, C, mm. E, E, and F. Now, there might be an F sharp, or there might be a C sharp, or there might be something else, but there can't be two of, of them. There can only be one of prime note. Does that make sense? Yes. So let me see if I can just repeat what I heard you say. I've actually, I don't think I've ever thought about this before. So guys, let's say for example, uh, you're gonna have, well, let's just use his, his scale there, the, the notes. Those notes have no sharps or flats, because I'm just gonna say, because the key of C, I know we haven't talked about keys yet, but the key of C has no sharps or flats. And you're gonna find out why. Okay, and what he's saying is that uh, in every single key that, there, that you will ever encounter ever in your life, each one of those notes only gets one there's only be one letter yep. yes so you yep. will never have like c c sharp d e f g a and b you're not you're never going to have that you would or yeah. c d be, flat there could be a c there could be a c sharp but there cannot be both i love it now what we have to do is we have to learn the schematic of the major scale so we're using c as our template but by the time we're done you can figure out the key of g you can figure out the key of f you can figure out the key of a you can figure out any key you want okay but we, we're going to start with C because it's the easiest one to, to base this on. Mm -hmm. So C is going to be our catalyst, if you will. This is the, the major scale. This is the key that all other keys are built upon, is the theory that goes into the key of C. So the key of G wants to be like the key of C. The key of D wants to be like the key of C. So what we have to do is figure out well, what is this, okay? Well, if we look at it, what we're going to notice is if we look at C to D, okay, there's a distance between those two notes. And we call that in music, we call it an interval. An interval is just a distance between two notes. So whether you say distance or you say interval, I could care less, okay? C to D has a distance. D to E also has a distance. E to F also has a distance and so on, okay? So they all have intervals. And so when he says distance, about, it's literally like measuring it's a meter or if it's a ha or a half meter in your brain you're like oh the, I, I know a base what a meter is or a yard if you're in the u.s or whatever 
or I know what a half meter is. It's just a way of measuring something. Yeah, you're just what are you saying distance. Yeah, and you're you're measuring the the distance between any two notes. We're going to learn later on. We can measure the distance between C and F. Right. We can measure the distance between C and A. We can, but but right now we just want to measure the distance between each subsequent note. Okay, we're not worried about all of this yet. We're not worried about how far C to A is. We don't care about that right now. We yep. just want to know how far is it from C to D. Okay, well, if we think about our, our chromatic scale, remember we had the note C sharp. There was a black key, remember? Mm -hmm. So C to C sharp, which is a white key right next to a black key. The distance between these is what we refer to as a half step. A half step is any note on the piano that goes right to the next note of the piano. Let me show you this. Okay, so C to C sharp, if you can see that chart, is a half step. C sharp to D is a half step. D to D sharp is a half step. D sharp to E is a half step. E to F is a half step because there is no black key in between. Okay? So keep that in mind as we go. Remember this thing? I better write it over here so you can see it in the camera. Okay? Remember we learned that in the last class, right? And if you haven't seen that, please go back and watch it. B to C is a half step. E to F is a half step. They're naturally occurring half steps. Out of all these other sharps and flats and black keys and white keys and everything else, these are the, the ones we have to remember. So if we think about this, C to C sharp is a half step. C sharp to D is also a half step. So the distance from C to D is a whole step. It's a whole step, okay? Now, if you remember this, it's going to make this really easy, okay? If we look at the distance from D to E, you have to ask yourself, how far is that? Well, and the easiest way to ask yourself is, is there a sharp in between? Is there a black key in between? If there is, which there is, there's a D sharp. So it's D to D sharp is a half, D, to e, uh, D sharp to E, excuse me, is a half. So D to E is a whole. So the two half steps make a whole step, guys, just like two half... Yeah. Meters make I mean, just one like, meter. Yeah. Two half exactly. two half cups makes one cup. Yeah, I mean that's right. So uh you can call this two half steps, but it's easier to just call it a whole step. Okay. So what we're gonna learn here is that a major scale, specifically the key of C major, which is our catalyst, is built on a series of distances. We've now learned that the first movement from C to D is a whole step. The next one, D to E, is also a whole step. But watch this. Here it is, right here. E to F. There is no E sharp. So this is a half step. And guys, if you remember from the last class, uh, we talked about the six string open. Your open six string is E. And what's the very first fret? F. So open, E. Well, Steve will show you here in a second, I guess. But I always think about that, that half step is between E to F and that six string, that's the first thing that leaps to my mind when I think about that E to F movement. You got it. Okay, so if we keep going, what I want you to do is, and of course I'm gonna give you the answer, but I just want you to think about it. Would F to G be a half step or a whole step? Because we're now realizing that all of these are gonna be half steps and whole steps. They can't be bigger than that. They're, this, is, this is what we have. They're either gonna be a whole step or they're gonna be a half step. 
That's a really good point. So there's not like an eighth step, a 16th no, no, step. No, no. That's all there is. It's whole or half, guys. Right. So what do you got here? If you were moving from F to G, just think about it. What would that be? Would it be a whole step? Would it be two frets? Or would it be a half step? Would it be one fret? Right? Because like Dan said, this is your first fret, right? G is your third fret. Well, there's your answer. Because again, remember, there'd be an F sharp in between. So F to F sharp would be a half step. And then F sharp to G would be a half step. So this is a whole step. This so when you're skipping a when you're skipping a fret, guys, it's a whole step. If you're going to the very next Yeah, because it's two half steps. Step. Yeah, and it's really important, it's really important to think logically about it, right? I mean two half steps, like Dan said, two half steps is a whole step. And you want to get used to two to four on the guitar is a whole step. Six to eight is a whole step. One to three is a whole step. Five to seven is a whole step, right? Or on the mm -hmm. piano, it's three keys because you have to go from one key to another key and then go from that key to the next key. Mm -hmm. But again, in my head, I never thought about really any of those. I just thought about, I'm being completely honest with you. When I was in college and I was learning this stuff, it, all I saw were the notes. I didn't see my guitar. I didn't see a piano. I saw the notes. I could see F and I could see G and I could see F sharp in the middle. When you say and you could see the I notes, thought, you could see the keyboard? Is that what you mean? Uh-uh. I'd see the notes, just the notes in my, just the notes in my head. Okay. I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing the piano. I'm not seeing the guitar. And I'm going to show you why in a second. I'm going to show you something that my, my theory teacher would yell at me and burn into my brain. In just a little bit, I'm going to show you this. Okay? Cool. Can't wait um, to see it. Yeah. So for me, F to G, I knew there was an F sharp in the center. Now for Dan, he's thinking black key, right? He's thinking there's an F sharp black key. I didn't play piano and it wasn't what I thought of. I just, I just knew because of this, I knew that F and G had an F sharp in the center. And as a result, it was two half steps, F, F to F sharp and F sharp to G. Okay. So I'm going to mm -hmm. let that go because I feel like I'm being redundant here. So A to B. So we, we know G to A as a whole. So ask yourself, what's A to B? A to so B. How, so if they're asking themselves, how would they know the answer to that? They got to think if there's something in the center. But I mean, how would they know that? Because, because we talked about it last week. Oh. <laughs> that was the whole thing of the chromatic scale is all the white notes, everybody gets a, a sharp except for... Oh, e. now I'm following you. Okay. A, A sharp, B, or excuse me, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Everybody gets sharps except for these. That's so right. Got to this E, this was a half step. So guess what's going to happen here? So between B and F, he's written the word B because he's trying to rem remind you that, that B and E between B and C and between E and F, there's a half step. Is that right, right Steve? No, no, no. B means there's no sharp. B doesn't get a sharp. E doesn't oh. get a sharp. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So B and E, remember, please. And you can watch that if you need to. B and E just means those are the two notes that don't get sharps. Okay. And we know that. We can look at this piano chart and we can see the E to F right there. It doesn't get a black key. Okay. And if I span that out again and we see B to C... I should have had a little bit better chart, but you can see what I'm talking about. There's no, there's no black key between B and C either. Got it. So the naturally occurring places where there is no sharp are between B and C and E and F. And the easy way to remember that, I, again, I, I strongly recommend you to go back because it, it sounds like we're getting even more confusing here. B and E just spells the word B. Those two notes don't get sharps. So 
right here, if we look at the distance from B to C, it's a half step because there is no B sharp. So what we wind up here with in the key of C is a whole step, a whole step, a half step, a whole step, a whole step, a whole step, a half step. Now, what used to drive me friggin' crazy when I was learning this stuff is that people would go whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. And like they, that's how they thought of it. That never made sense in my head. I had to simplify this even more in my brain for it to make sense to me because I don't know, it just sounded stupid. I don't know what the deal was, but I couldn't think of it that way. So what I did was I just thought, just like with the chromatic scale, this is the way my brain thinks. Everybody's a whole step except for three to four and seven to eight or seven to one if you want to think of it that way. The third and fourth notes and the seventh and eighth notes. And again, I'm going to show you why in a minute. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Okay. I don't think we've shown them how to uh, number the notes. Well, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the first note, second note, third note, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. This would be the first note again, right? Got it. But if we were talking about as an octave, we could call that an eight. And I don't want to go any further than that. Just mm -hmm. this is one, this is two, this is three, this is four, this is five, this is six, this is seven, and this is one or eight, right? So what I'm telling you, you can kind of see it on the screen there. Mm -hmm. If you remember that there are half steps between three and four and seven and eight. And every key you will ever figure out for a major scale, there are half steps between the third and fourth and seventh and eighth notes. That's what this key of C is telling us. I like that. Is that it's all whole steps except for the third and fourth and seventh and eighth notes. Okay. That's what we've just learned right here. Now, let me show you this because this is super like cool. That. Okay. So keep that in mind. And if you need to remind, to re you know, watch this later, you certainly can. I was going to say rewind, but if you need to watch it later, you certainly can. <laughs> rewind? Yeah. How freaking old are we? Well, get you your VHS, you, kids. What, what do you call a video when you... What do you call I guess that's still what we call it, isn't it? But I, I think, think a rewind, I'm thinking about the old VHS tape. I know, I know, I know. I, I, think you'd, I think you'd still call it that on a video, though. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, remember, I'm going to simplify this for you. I'm going to write it out here. Make sure it's on the screen really nice. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then C. Right. While he's writing that out, guys, if you're just joining us uh, in this streaming session here, we are in right in the middle of our um, of, of today's session, which is uh, our music theory workshop. And this is the second part. You can always go back and watch the, the first part. Um, so that's what we're doing here. If you have questions, please put them in the box below. Um, if you're interested in the music theory masterclass, that's at guitarzoom.com. Okay. Go ahead, buddy. All right. So here's our key. We have half steps between three and four and seven, eight. These arrows were the arrows that my music theory teacher burned into my brain. And he would dock me if I didn't actually put these arrows 
on my sheets when I would do my assignment sheets and things like that. I don't know if everybody else had to do it or if it was just me, <laughs> but it wound up becoming so important to my learning because I still see this in my head mm. when I when I think about these keys. So understand that the key of C, again, is, is the perfect key. It's the catalyst. It's the perfect key upon all on put, upon which all other keys will be measured. So all other keys have to have a whole step and a whole step and then this sacred half step and then a whole step, whole step, whole step, and then this half step. Okay? So let's say we wanted to figure out the key of G. And I, again, very much remember doing these quizzes where I would have to write this out and I would do exactly this. And again, I want to make sure that you can see it here. So we have G and he would always make me line these up. Yes, that's, so, that's good, Professor. Yep. So I could see the first note, the second note, the third note, the fourth note, the fifth note, sixth, seventh, and so on, right? I could see those. Okay, so now we're looking at the key of G. But the key of G has to follow the same rules as the key of C. It has to have its whole steps and half steps in the same place. If the whole steps and half steps are not in the same place, it's not going to sound like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. It's going to sound like something else, and something else is not the major scale. So the half steps and whole steps have got to be in the same place, which means, and again, here's where he would yell at me, put in your arrows. I like that. Put in your arrows. Instead of trying to work left to right and make mistakes, he'd go, put in those arrows because you have to know where those half steps are. Okay? So I'd put in my arrows. Now, I can't just start with the arrows. I have to start at the very beginning every time and make sure that all of my distances, the half steps and the whole steps, work out right. But this is just reminding me, those arrows are reminding me that ultimately I want those spaces to be half steps. So, G to A, I have to ask myself, is that a whole step? And the answer is, yes it is, because there is a G sharp. So G to G sharp is a half step, G sharp to A is a whole step, and there we go. So that's fine, this is good. Then we have to ask ourselves the next one, A to B, is that a whole step? And the answer is, yes it is, because there's an A sharp. So A to A sharp is a half, A sharp to B is a half, so A to B therefore is a whole, like we want it to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, look at the next one, B to C. Is that a half step like we want it to be? Yes, because you have your V, upside down V above it. Well, not just that, because we're gonna learn as we keep looking that, um, it will be wrong sometimes, right? Look here for you, Dan, obviously. Okay. Right. Uh, there. Yeah. So you got to let me finish this. So B to C. Okay. So B to C. Is that a half step? And the answer is, yes, it is. It is a half step. Well, you can't really see it in the, page, the thing there, but there it is. So B to C, right? B to C is a naturally occurring half step. Again, if we looked at this, E to F is a half step. There's no black key in between. And so is B, although I wish I had a better picture to show you. B to C. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, this is fine. B to C is fine. It is a half step. We even see that up here. Oh, I see. Okay? But if we look at the next one, C to D, is that a whole step like we want it to be? It's supposed to be a whole step. Is it a whole step? And the answer is yes, because there's a C sharp. So C to C sharp's a half, C sharp to half is a, or excuse me, C sharp to D is a half, so that's a whole. Mm -hmm. D, E, is that a whole step like we want it to be? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is, because it has a D sharp. Hopefully you're catching on. Now watch this. E to F, 
Is that a whole step like we want it to be? And the answer is no. no. It's a half step. E to F is only a half step. Like Dan was saying, first E is open on the sixth string and then F is at the first fret. That's only a half step. This has to be a whole step. So this is wrong. So how do we fix it? Well, watch this. If I turn F into F sharp, because remember, I can't have F and F sharp. I can't have them both. I can only have one. The distance from E to F sharp now, E to F, if you can see that, E, that's an arrow, E to F is a half step. And then F to F sharp is also a half step. So E to F sharp is a whole step. Mm -hmm. Now what's awesome about this is, I have now fixed E to F sharp, which now means I've fixed F sharp to G. Is F sharp to G a half step like we want? And the answer yes. is yes. Love now, here's the, here's the awesome part of this is, with this knowledge, you could figure out any key. And yeah. I'm going to do a couple more. I don't want this to get way too long, but I do want to show you, especially one with the flat, so you can understand why some keys have flats and why some keys don't. But understand, the key of G has one sharp, and now you know why. Instead of just assuming, like people learn that the key of G has one sharp, but they have no idea why, now you know why the key of G has one sharp because it's trying to be like the key of C. It needs its whole steps and half steps in the same place to be do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And to be able to do that, it has to fix itself by making that F into an F sharp. Mm -hmm. So now if I go to my guitar and I play G major on the guitar, I'm playing G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. If I take that exact same thing that I'm doing right now, and again, don't worry about learning this right now, okay? That's, that's a whole other topic, but understand that I'm playing the major scale. But if I was to take that exact same pattern that I'm doing right now and move up to C, which we now know because we learned that lat yesterday, right? So I know where C is, so I move up and play that exact same shape with my fingers. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. It's so exact as a same result of, pattern. I'm sorry? I was just saying it's this exact same finger pattern. That's right. That's the cool part about the guitar. And actually, even on the piano, it's the same finger patterns, but it looks different because you have big white keys and little black keys. On the guitar, everything's more symmetrical. So you can see it better on the guitar. But it, I mean, if you're a good piano player, I'm sure you can see it anyway. But on the guitar, everything is just very, very late. You know, we don't have big frets and little frets and that sort of thing. Everything's just symmetrical. But that's, that's the most important part of learning their major scale is, again, I don't care that you know where the half steps and whole steps, like, again, that's stupid, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, it, it, that's fine. But if you don't know why, and you don't know how you can use it, and you don't understand how it's working for you, what goods are going to do you? Where now you actually understand, oh, that's why the key of G gets a sharp, because it's, it's half steps and whole steps have to be the same as the key of C. That formula, by the way, guys, by the way, if you're watching this and you're just joining us and you have comments, you have questions, please put them in the, in the chat box there. Um, <clears throat> we, and if, of course, if you're just joining us, we're doing this music theory workshop for you. 
which has really turned into an amazing series. We're going to be doing this for a few days here. The other videos, if, you've, if you're late to the game, go back and watch those. We'll put them in a playlist for you on YouTube. Yeah, please watch you can Check it out. Yeah. Um, and this is all related to Steve's masterclass, Music Theory Masterclass, which is available at guitarzoom.com if you'd like to enroll in that. So I just want to point out, guys, that uh, it's, I love that I love working with Steve for a lot of reasons, but one of the things is he approaches things in a much different way than I do. And, and that's okay. Um, in fact, it's great. And so you may be looking at this and saying, well, I kind of like the whole, whole half, whole, whole, whole half thingy. It didn't resonate with Steve. He, he was thinking of it, and I've actually never heard it put this way. He was like, that sounded stupid to me. I hate I hate walking around going whole, whole half, whole, whole, whole half. Well, <laughs> so I just said, everything's whole except for between three and four and seven well, and eight. And the thing is, people like shortcuts like this. Yeah. yeah. D and E, right? People like shortcuts, including myself. And and again, my problem with music theory all along has been I don't care that you can talk about something. If you can't use it, what difference does it make? It might make you feel good and that's wonderful. But if you can't use it, what good is it doing? It's like learning right. learning three really strange vulgar phrases in Spanish and then being dropped in the middle of Spain and you need to use the bathroom and buy some spaghetti. You know what I mean? Or whatever it might be. <laughs> it doesn't do you any good unless you understand how you're supposed to use it. Great and way. so for me, that's what I fought with when I was in college was I don't I don't care that you're you're giving me these formulas if i can't figure out like my daughter who's 11 years old and now you know she's working from home doing all of her math and all that kind of stuff um but if she doesn't understand it every time she goes to that same problem again it's a it's a hassle mm -hmm. and she's lost and she mm -hmm. gets it wrong unless she understands the formula and and the purpose behind the formula it's not going to do her any good and right. so that's one thing that i've always felt really strongly about with theory now that doesn't mean that dan and i might not get together and talk about theory because we want to talk about theory. Of course we can. And we don't need to play guitar to do that. We might just enjoy it. But if you're trying to learn theory because you are a guitar player, the point would be to learn the theory so you can apply it to your guitar. Yeah. So. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway, so there's that one. And then what I'll do just really quick here, I don't want to take way too much more time with this, but, but let me just show you this quick. So let's say I did, and I'll kind of write it in here. Hopefully there's enough room. So I'm going to do D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. And there's my half step and there's my half step. So again, that reminds me of where those half steps are. So I do not make a mistake on my test or Dr. Guaza is going to yell at me. Okay. <laughs> so I start at the beginning and I'm going to make this kind of quick because we don't have a lot of, well, we do have time, but I don't want to waste too much of your time. So D to E, is that a whole step? And the answer is yes. Now, yeah. hold, just in case people are just joining us, explain to us, just tell us you, your B thing. Just tell us what that means again so they know how the to answer your thing? question you're about to go through. Your B and E thing. You want me to tell it again? Okay, well. Okay. Well, just in case so, you just joined us, they don't have to go back and watch the whole thing on the, the other oh, video. Well, well B, B and E don't get, B to C and E to F don't get, a black key. So B to C is a half step and E to F is a half step. Cool. But again, if you're just joining us, please go back and watch those other ones. Cause the first, the first video that we did is going to help you enormously. You know, okay. that's a, th and to be honest with you, that's the thing about theory is that if you jump all over, you're going to get lost. Like you need sequence. So it, it makes logical sense, which is why Dan and I are doing like these, these videos is because 
you know, if you just try and watch lesson five, but you don't know anything about the first four, it's not going to make any sense to you. And so, I, I have to say this because um, I 1 million agree with what he just said. Go back and watch it, but also say there is an element of truth to that, regardless of what you're learning. Like, forget about theory for a second. Let's just say you're like, I don't care about theory. Um, all I want to do is play. Well, how many guitar players, Steve, have we known throughout the years? And I'm sure everybody listening to this and watching this will agree. It's like, who have been playing for years and years and years and still play on a beginner level. Like, been playing for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and basically are beginners because they never learned in sequence on how to build all these lessons one upon another. They just grabbed like the pentatonic scale of precision. They grabbed some power chords, they grabbed some bar chords, and now they're like totally confused. Um, if that's you, YouTube is a great place. I love YouTube. Guess what? We're doing this thing on YouTube, which is awesome. Uh, but I'll, I'll say it is good for what it is, but it's not the solution to everything, right? right. Um, and if you want that step-by-step, -step, um, take you by the hand and fill in all the gaps that you have in your understanding and in your, your playing, we have a couple of resources for you at guitarzoom.com, which actually remind me of, 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 of that leap out at me. One is your Play Guitar for Life course, right? Play Guitar for Life was this amazing this is a guitar. Here's how you hold it. Here's, you know, you walk through all that stuff all the way through. And it's that kind of foundational thing. And then we have the music theory masterclass, which is just an augmented version of what we're talking about here that starts in the very beginning. So in case you missed any of this stuff, you get the masterclass, you start at the beginning and you go all the way through modes and all those other things. Plus you get some other additional things. Um, all of the, both those courses, the masterclass and play guitar for life are available at guitarzoom.com. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, cool. So again, just to kind of make this quick, because I'll get, I still have one more I have to show you after this, but just to kind of reiterate my point. So if you were to look at this and just take a quick summary and look and say, again, because I have these arrows in, this is supposed to be a half step and it's not. This is supposed to be a half step and it's not. So we already see that there's not only one problem, but there's at least two problems. And that was his point of putting the arrows in is that I never put the half steps in the wrong place. I always knew that to put it in between three and four and seven and eight, okay? So if we look at this, D to E winds up being a whole step like we want. E to F is supposed to be a whole step, but of course it isn't. So if we change that F to F sharp, we fix that problem because E to F sharp is now a whole step, two frets, and F sharp to G is now a half step like we want. So we fixed both these problems by doing that. G to A, whole step, yes. A to B, whole step, yes. B to C, is that a whole step like we want it to be? It oh. is not. But if we change C to C sharp, see we're taking the C and we're pushing it that way, right? Mm -hmm. So now the distance between B to C becomes B to C sharp, it's even further away. So B to C is a half step, C to C sharp is a half step. That fixes this. So C sharp to D now, is a half step and the key of D gets two sharps and that is why it gets two sharps. Now, as you keep going, you're gonna keep getting more sharps. There's more problems, there's more accidents that you need to fix, hence accidental, right? There's more accidents, there's more issues as you keep going. So if you figure out the key of A and you figure out the key of E and you, figure, you just keep going, there's more and more problems that need to be fixed. That's what those sharps are doing. Now, 
here was the revelation for me in learning all of this was if I was to go back and do this, and, and then I'll be done with this because you can try all these at, at your house. And I would strongly recommend trying some of these to, to learn how to do this. But let's say I was going to do F. So I have F. Again, I'm lining it up, F, G, A, just so it looks good and, and it keeps me from getting confused, which I often can do. All right. So now, again, my arrow goes in between 3 and 4 and 7 and 8. Well, if I look here, is that a half step like we want? No, there's a problem. E to F, is that a half step like we want? Yes, it is. Now, you could shortcut and go, oh, okay, well, I just changed this to A sharp, but you'd be wrong. This is why you have to start at the beginning and work your way all the way left to right every time. If we look at F to G, is that a whole step like we want? And the answer is yes. G to A, is that a whole step like we want? And the answer is yes. There is nothing wrong with G and there is nothing wrong with A. Is this the half step like we want? No, it's not. It's a whole step. The problem isn't the A, the problem is the B. We can't change the A because G and A is fine and F and G is fine. We can't change anything back here. So now for the first time we're seeing that the problem wasn't on this side to push it forward. The problem is over here. We gotta pull that B backward because A to B is too big. But if I change that B to B flat, now A to B flat is a half step like we want it to be. And then B flat to C is now a whole step because B flat to B is a half step. And then B to C is also a half step. So if we put those together, we get a whole step. So my point is now you understand why in the first video that we did, we talked about enharmonics, how F sharp and G flat have, it's one note with two different names. Well, here's the problem is sometimes when you're dealing with certain keys, the only way you can fix the problem isn't by pushing something forward and making it a sharp. Sometimes you have to fix it by pushing something backward and making it into a flat. Okay. Now, again, if you were just playing guitar and you said A sharp, I would know what you're talking about. And I wouldn't argue with you, although I do have friends that would get all upset and want the word B flat because it makes more logical sense. And But if we're just talking about guitar, you'd say what you want. But if we're talking about, you know, theory like we are now and we're talking about the key of F, we got to call it B flat. It's what makes sense. So I want you to think about when we did the key of G, you created a sharp because there was a problem and you needed to push that note further away to make the distance correct. In the key of F, it's just the opposite. There's nothing wrong with that A. You can't push that forward because then you'd screw up this and screw up this. So let me, uh, um, I know we're going to get this question, Steve. So somebody wants to know why could you not just make it F, G, A, A sharp, C, E. Well, again, like we said in the very beginning, you can't have two of the same note. You can't have A and A sharp in the same key. Not only can you not have two of the same note, you must have every single note, every letter present. Right. Every letter needs to be present. And we said that at the beginning, every letter needs to be present. So here we've learned that we can't have a B in the key of F. We have to have a B flat. You can't have an A and an A sharp. You can't have your key be you know, F, F sharp, F double sharp, F triple sharp, F quadruple sharp. You, you can't do that. It doesn't make any logical sense because music needs to have one of each one of these prime notes. It needs to have an A of some, or in this case, an F of some sort, a G of some sort, an A of some sort, a B of some sort. 
but it does it can't have a b flat and a b or an a and an a sharp it can't so th i mean again as much as theory seems crazy and you go what the heck and harmonic why now you're understanding that there's a logic to it like these guys weren't just crazy there really is a logic to how all of this stuff actually works and why a musician like if you were talking to you know, a clarinetist or a, a, you know, somebody who plays saxophone or something like that, you're never really going to hear them say A sharp. You're going to hear them say B flat. It makes more sense in their head. Why? Because they've probably studied music theory. They probably know something about keys and things like that. Where a lot of times when you're, you're a, a guitar player coming from the rock world, you don't really think in terms of keys. You don't really think in terms of those sorts of things. You just visualize on the fretboard and play things that, that you've memorized and tabs and whatever. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying that's the, that's the world I came from. So when all of a sudden I had to make, I had to understand if I'm playing with other people that are talking about the key of F, I'm the problem if I don't understand what they're saying. Right? And I have two choices. Either I don't subject myself to that situation or I learn what the heck they're talking about so I can do whatever with them, so I can engage with them on a musical level. And right. those are my only two choices. So, you know, if I'm playing in one of my metal bands and we're playing Slayer, do I care about this? No, it makes no sense at all. But there are other places in my life where this makes a huge difference because there are musicians I play with that talk about the key of F or talk about chord charts or talk about whatever it might be. And I need to know what it is that they're talking about. Now, again, this is just mm -hmm. very basic, but it gets us it gets us on the level. Yeah, and I would also say, guys, you know, if you're... <clears throat> Like I recently had a situation where uh, I was at a karaoke place and, you know, they had a live band there and they were just taking requests and stuff. And, you know, there was a bass player. I requested the song and he, the bass player didn't know what the notes were. He didn't know the song. And the guitar player was like, oh, you know, it's just in the key of whatever, E minor. And it goes like this, this, this. And the guy just, he had it like that. Even though he didn't necessarily know the bass line, he knew which notes are in that key. And he faked it as good as you know it Absolutely. sounded great <laughs> and it happens a lot like if you go out to a, a club and a band's playing and they go hey get up with us you know play whatever and you might get up and it might be a song that you know but they played in a different key so you're like oh mm. you know okay we're gonna do uh brown eye girl it's in the key of g i know that song and they go yeah we're gonna play it in b flat because our our singer is female and she's gonna be singing this song and you're That's like right. b flat whoa let me get off stage i don't know what you're doing or you just go and again, we're not there yet, but you think through the logic of the chords that you, in the key that you were in and change it, which we call transpose, into the new key and keep that logic going. Now, just uh, I'm sure we've got some other things to talk about here, but what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to take this idea now and we're going to start making chords out of them. So we're not just learning what the scale is, but we're actually going to learn. Now we know the chords, or excuse me, we know the notes to a major scale. Let's just say the key of C major. We know the notes to the C major scale. Well, if there's seven different notes, which there are in any major scale, there are seven different chords in the key of C and the mm -hmm. key of G and the key of D and all that. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Guys, I really hope that this is uh, starting to become clear to you. Look, if it's not, that's okay. Just hang in there. That's the most, the best advice I can give you is just hang with it. Most people just give up on this too easily. And they're like, well, theory's not for me. Or you don't need no theory to play guitar, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, I'm sorry. Those are just a bunch of excuses. Just hang in there, okay? 
Um, you will get it if you just persevere. This stuff takes time to get your head wrapped around. And then it's like riding a bike. Once you get it, you just, it, it, like Steve said, this was burned in his brain, that half-step thing that his professors showed him there. And there's, and also if, if you're like, I sort of get it, but not 100%. There's other ways to learn the same information that he's given you here. There's other approaches to learning this whole half-step formula that may work better for you. And that's okay. Of course. This is the way that this is. But what we're trying to do is get, give you the most practical application of how to take this stuff, stuff and put it on your fretboard and actually be able to use it. Yes. And the, the one thing I'll say to that too is, is that when we're younger, you know, we go to school, we learn to write things down. We learn to write things down constantly. And when we get older, we kind of assume that it's just supposed to enter us via osmosis and it's done. Like I watched the video and now I should know it all. Right. And that's so not true. Like with right. this kind of stuff, there's nothing wrong with getting out a pencil and a piece of paper and practicing it. Because if it doesn't make sense here, it's not going to make sense there. It's not that you can't learn how to play a major scale on the guitar. You might already know how to do that. The difference is, is like I said before, I've encountered many people that know how to play lots of things on the guitar and they have no idea why they even know it. It's just somebody said you should learn how to play the G major scale on the guitar. So, they, so it becomes an exercise maybe, like a finger exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Something. But there's no logic behind what they're doing. They have no idea why it is that they're learning what they're learning. They're just told to learn it. If you learn why you're doing it and how it works and then turn around and apply it on the guitar, it's twofold because now you understand how to play it, but you understand why you're learning it in the first place. Right. Guys, if you're, if, I want to thank you for being here, all of you. Um, if you're just not joining us, I'm sorry, we're about to wrap it up here, but I want to let you know a couple of things. One, this is the music theory workshop series. It's going to be going on for several days. Um, hopefully that you will join us again. Please subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications so you can get the notice notification of when the next one goes live. We will all of these will be saved to the YouTube channel. You can go back and watch them. We will put them in a playlist for you where you can just go through and watch them uh, at your leisure. Um, it, it would be helpful to to go back um, and and take a look at those and to you know from the first one to the second one and then tomorrow we're going to do uh, part three. Um, but don't worry if you're not getting it, it will be here for you in perpetuity. So you can go back and watch it as much as you want. Um, if you've enjoyed this, if you're like, I think I'm starting to get it and I want to go from the ground all the way up, um, you can check out Steve's masterclass, which is available at guitarzoom.com. He has a music theory masterclass that goes through this entire thing, which when we first released it, it was uh, 12 weeks, I think it was, Steve. It was, yeah. Right? And now when you, um, when you enroll in the masterclass, you get all 12 weeks immediately, and it's all laid out for you from step one to step whatever. And uh, if you're like, okay, I already know my key signatures. I just need to understand what modes are. You can jump to that. Or if, you know, whatever you're, wherever you are in your journey, that masterclass is like, it's amazing. It's a great, great work that, I know you're proud of Steve and people, everybody that enrolls in that masterclass absolutely loves it. So um, it may fill in a lot of gaps for you. So you can check that out at guitarzoom.com if you want, um, if you find that helpful. And please join us again for another 
uh, live session. Thank you for your comments. We'll check those out and hopefully we can incorporate some of that into the next one and help people even more. Uh, if you enjoy this, please share it, like it, comment, uh, and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you don't miss the next one coming up. Thanks again for being here, all of you. I really appreciate it. You guys just don't know what you mean to Steve and I. It's uh, That's right. a great blessing and privilege to be here with, with you and, and hopefully help you help you. Anything else to add, Steve? No, I think that's enough for now. And we'll we'll right, continue brother. on tomorrow. So this is really good stuff, man. Stuff I wish I knew from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So do I. So all right, guys. Thanks again. See you right. soon. Take care. Stay positive. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. If I look at D to F, and again, you'll see I have my little arrow there. If I look at D to F, it's a third. If I look at F to A, it's a third. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.